Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60 month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Welcome to Sunday Take. It is October 23rd, 2022. We are just over two weeks away from the election. And the races are tightening, which is to be expected. Republicans expected these races to tighten. And Democrats don't want to acknowledge they would tighten, but they certainly know history. The question is, how much do they tighten? And do they tighten enough to give Republicans a statewide edge in any of those constitutional officers. We're going to do a deep dive into five things to watch in the last two weeks. And then we're going to talk to Senator Amy Klobuchar about a couple of bills she has and what she's sensing in the mood of America. And then we're going to wrap up with a check-in with TPT's Mary Lahammer on an interview she had with Cedric Frazier, a graduate of the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Morris who's also uh, a rising star in DFL politics. All that next on Sunday Take. Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker worker of yours. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app future you will thank you in 2024. We're back on Sunday Take. Hope you have your coffee. I'm going to need a lot in these last few weeks. There are really five things to watch in the final weeks of this election. And it starts with visibility of the candidates. Uh, And I'm going to ask Mary LaHammer about this later, but Tim Walls is not very visible for an incumbent governor who's really good at retail. And Scott Jensen is very visible news conferences, 
things like that. And Tim Walls is is largely not advising a public schedule on the campaign trail. He addressed Education Minnesota this week. No media there. Um, he's met with other groups. No media invited. So he's staying very safe and playing it safe. And the real question is, is that all he needs to do? We'll find out. But in the only TV day debate this week, I labeled it meh versus eh. I just thought both candidates were uh, too typical. And for Walls, that's good. Both of them performed better than at FarmFest. But they both are missing kind of this vision for the future of Minnesota. And I know I've said this before, but I feel like that's what Minnesotans are looking for. To Walls' credit, four years ago, he had the one Minnesota vision. This year, there's not much vision. In fact, there's not much one Minnesota. And that's the nature of politics and the mood of the state these days. But let's watch to see how visible these candidates are in the last week. The fourth thing to watch, number four, and we're counting backwards, is the mood of each party. Democrats are sunshine and roses right now. They think they have an advantage, that the machine will be there, that they have all this money. But those things are good for mechanics and you need them to win. But they they lack a little, even on background, a little realism about how people are feeling or how close these races are. For instance, in the attorney general's race, they say they're Internal polls show Keith Ellison leading by a healthy margin, but no poll in Minnesota has shown that. And so there's a, there's a different mood there. On the Republican side, they've turned to kind of cautiously optimistic. Early in the year, they were super optimistic. Then they were like, oh, we still feel good. But now they are cautiously optimistic. And I don't blame Republicans in Minnesota for that because They felt like they were close before and they couldn't get it over the hump. And then, you know, Minnesota has this tradition of ticket splitting. And so I've started to say um, publicly and privately, and now I'm going to say it on the radio. So if it does happen, I can get credit. If it doesn't happen, then I'm an idiot. But we could see a checkerboard in the statewide constitutional officers. You could see Walls, Schultz, Simon, Wilson or some sort of mix in those races. Because one thing is fewer folks vote in the down-ballot races, so there's that. And the third-party element is a little different in each race. But ultimately, there may be a sense of, I'm going to vote for Walls because of this, but because I don't trust Walls on this, I may vote for Schultz on this. If that's the way you feel, email me at bloysolson at gmail.com. Tell me why, how. I don't need to use it. I just love to hear from normal people once in a while rather than all these political folks. Republicans will tell you that they need the second and the third district to shift just a little for them. In the second district, they want Tyler Kistner to win. They want it to be more Republican. And they think that that is their one of their key opportunities. They also think that if they can close the gap with Dean Phillips in the third, that that will help their statewide candidates um, with independent voters. So watch that as well. Um, And that's, again, where in the margins, this race is going to be won or lost. 
for the DFL, the things they're watching is turnout in the core cities. This past weekend, for the second weekend in a row, DFLers are storming the University of Minnesota. They're trying to get out the younger vote. The MinPost poll showed that enthusiasm is lowest amongst younger voters, intensity to likely to vote. And so I think Democrats need to get kind of, they know they have to really drag people out to vote, really get them to vote. Uh, and that's going to be interesting. That's really going to be critical for Keith Ellison uh, if he has a hope of winning. Uh, and, and then in St. Paul as well, in Ramsey County, you know, how do they drive turnout? Because that's where the margins are. And I know we've talked about that before. But the final thing to watch is do outside Republican groups like the Republican Governors Association, do they come in for Scott Jensen in the final two weeks? There's a lot of buzz that they will to the tune of $2 million, $3 million. And so just be mindful that if that happens, that means Republicans are playing on offense. And when Republicans are playing on offense, then Democrats do have to play a little defense in the final two weeks. When we come back, Senator Amy Klobuchar on a couple bills related to electoral college and journalism. And then we'll just talk about crime and some of the issues on the ballot this year. I'm Blaise Olson. This is Sunday Take. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico. And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. 
the first interview this Sunday on Sunday Take is with Senator Amy Klobuchar. I've been wanting to catch up and she's got a couple pieces of legislation she's been working on, but also just, you know, she is a national figure in the Democratic Party and uh, and kind of understands the mood of the nation. So, Senator, thanks for joining me today. Well, thanks, boys. It is great to be on and congrats on the show. Um, let's just start with uh, the Electoral Count Act. It just seems timely that three weeks, two and a half weeks before an election, we we talk about elections and election security after 2020. What's your bill? It's bipartisan. And what would it do? Yeah, this is uh, something that I think stunned everyone when the Senate got a 14 to 1 vote out of my committee, uh, which included Mitch McConnell and Chuck Schumer voting on the same side uh, to make some much needed reforms to the Electoral Count Act, which is this archaic law from 1877 uh, that basically, or 10 years later, 1887, uh, that basically um, put in place this structure that in this last election actually was the reason that the insurrectionists came into the Capitol uh, because they thought they could somehow stop the electoral ballots from being counted from across the country. And what we realized is, only one person in the Senate and one person in the House can gum up the whole process. Both Senator Blunt and I, the Republican from Missouri, felt strongly we needed to change it. And a bipartisan group of senators that we advised, which included uh, Senator Collins and Senator Manchin, came together and came up with an agreement. We worked with them. We made some changes. And it basically says, no, the vice president can't change the will of the people, no matter if it's Mike Pence or Kamala Harris. And uh, number two, uh, you cannot have only one person that object. It should be 20%. And then you've got to be able to have a good appeals process that works. And you also, and this is important, just can't pick uh, fake electors after the fact. They have to be the ones you have set up yeah. before. So this got bipartisan support from some really conservative senators uh, and some uh, very liberal Democrats, and everyone has come together and said this is the way, except for one person on the committee, uh, Ted Cruz. But everyone else um, agreed that we should do this. And of course, the House has their own bill, but I think that the country will most likely go with some version of our Senate bill. And then, you know, obviously, we're in the heat of an election, and we know a lot about news and information and the way digitally the web, social media has changed. You also have this idea of preserving journalism. And uh, I think, you know, I've always wondered or worried a little bit about government inserting themselves in journalism. But but I feel more than ever that there there, there probably do, does need to be some rules or some some guidelines by which what is possible and, you know, what is real and what is not real uh, out there and, and how it gets filtered. What's that bill? So this is really interesting because in Minnesota, we have seen uh, less and less local media. Um, we lost 22% of our newspapers uh, between 2004 and 2019. That's 82 newspapers. And it's really what we're seeing across the country. Why? Well, you've got a situation where mostly it is Facebook and Google are making tons of money on advertising. Google reported 61 billion in ad revenue in a three month period, which was a 33% jump from last year. 
So you've got a situation where they're showing snippets of news that they get from local news all over the country, not just newspapers, radio, TV, you name it. And then they're making a bunch of ad revenue and it's declining for everyone else. It's actually has the reporters that are doing the stories. So what does that mean in people's real lives? Well, they like to find out about the local high school football game or what's happening at their city council or if a flood is coming their way. And the thought that CCO radio or a little neighbor, a little neighborhood newspaper in Lanesboro is going to be able to call Facebook and say, hey, I'd like to negotiate a better rate for my content. They're not answering. Right. And so what we've done with this bill, uh, Senator uh, John Kennedy, who's a Republican from Louisiana, he and I joined forces. In this case, we do have the support of Senator Cruz, uh, but also Cory Booker and John Thune are from our neighboring state of South Dakota uh, and so many others um, where we've said, you guys have to negotiate with everyone in the country. Maybe not the smallest newspapers, but you've got to allow them to join forces to negotiate better rates. Um, and so that with that leverage, they're going to be able to have to talk to them. And so we've set some parameters. And if they don't reach an agreement, it goes to one of those baseball arbitrations. But they've done this in Australia, and it's actually worked quite well. And so we actually have a model. And so that's the bill. Um, and it supports our, our local news and takes on the media uh, titans of Facebook and Google. Well, it's not just those titans, Senator. I mean, I we use the Minnesota Newspaper Association to place digital, you know, ads for our own clients. And what I've learned is it's efficient and the money stays locally versus me going on to some bid and auction site and get a little cheaper price. Uh, this is, you know, kind of that relationship driven thing. So it it's real. And it's not just about the behemoths. I will tell you that it's about small businesses trying to you know, be efficient. And by the way, Google and Facebook aren't always efficient either. So there you go. Well, that's for sure. Um, I feel, you know, my dad was a reporter. I feel really strongly about this. Um, And um, I just think that we are seeing the decline of local news. And it's incredible the coalition we have together on this of TV, radio, and newspaper, um, as well as so many senators from different ideological beliefs. Well, I've been traveling the state and I know you have too. And just kind of, even when you're in a different place and you talk to the reporter there, you learn more just, and so the access to those local residents to have access to local reporting is, is critical to try to keep going. Mm -hmm. Um, So we're uh, two and a half weeks away from an election. I know you have some conversations about the Senate control of the Senate, the mood, the president, uh, you know, uh, Vice President Harris was just here yesterday. What What's your sense of what Minnesotans uh, and uh, are feeling and and thinking about when it comes to the president and and the policies of the Senate and the House? Yeah, well, I think the first thing they're thinking about, which they should, is their own situations and their own families and what's going on. I think everyone knows. We got through this pandemic. It was hard. Uh, Our governor showed great leadership. It was tough everywhere in the country, Uh, but we got through it and um, we want to emerge from this pandemic, not in hundreds, millions silos across the country, 
uh, but as a country that's united again. And I know that sounds hard to do, but we have to in this global economy where we're competing, uh, we've got to be able to find a way to talk to each other again, even if we disagree. So that's my first reaction to all of this, because things have gotten even more polarized, as you know. Um, The second thing is we got to help people when we have increased costs. And some of it, when you get out of what I call a post-pandemic economy, um, you've got all kinds of problems with supply chains. We've all had things we couldn't get on the shelves. We got to fix that. That's why I did my shipping bill with Senator Thune. And we've already seen major decreases for uh, manufacturers, American manufacturers and farmers and ranchers when it comes to their cost of shipping um, that in the past was passed on to consumers. Once we bring that down, that's going to help. Pharmaceuticals, that's a big cost driver for Americans. Um, We have finally passed my bill where Medicare can finally take on these big pharma companies uh, to negotiate cheaper prices. That is on their minds. Uh, Gas prices, uh, president just released 15 million barrels of oil again uh, from the uh, Strategic Petroleum Reserve uh, to help with that, given what OPEC just did. And then in Minnesota, where we actually are one of the states that has one of the stronger economies in the country and one of the lower unemployment rates, we also have workforce issues. We've got people that are at home because they can't get childcare that's affordable. Um, and we've lost some people from the pandemic. And so we've got to do everything we can uh, to bring people back to work and then to train people in the jobs that we know are available now. And I don't know how many times I said on that presidential debate stage, we're not going to have a shortage of sports marketing degrees uh, <laughs> as much as I love how the Vikings are doing. Uh, we are going to have a shortage of plumbers and electricians yep. and healthcare workers. And so we have to do more to incentivize people to get into those areas. I'm talking to Senator Klobuchar. Our last question, Senator, um, and this is obviously, a, you know, it's a feelings issue, but you know this issue as well as anybody, and that's crime. You're a former prosecutor. Where it is a topic that gets a lot of talk nationally. It gets some a, a fair amount of attention locally. Have you, what have you thought about kind of reform balanced with accountability when it comes to prosecutors, judges, and, and how we get to a different system that kind of everybody feels okay about? Well, exactly. <coughs> Hold on a second, boy. No problem. Okay. I'm getting over a cold. Just hold no on. Worries. I'm going to ask it again. Yeah, that's no problem. Fine. Or I can just start answering. Nope, you that's okay. Three, okay. three, just... two, one. Senator Klobuchar, you know, one of the other issues that gets a lot of national attention is crime. And obviously, locally, it's a huge issue. You're a former prosecutor. How do we find our way forward with accountability for people who commit crimes, with finding people jobs, which you just talked about, which might keep them out of trouble, and, you know, some some reforms to the system that that don't press the thumb of the on the scale of justice for people of a certain color. Exactly. So uh, the first thing we need to do is to uh, get a hold of what's been going on uh, on our streets. And uh, that means making sure we're pursuing these cases and that we have enough police on the ground. And there also obviously involves training and the like. I'm actually leading the reauthorization of the COPS program in the Senate. 
um, which has brought a bunch of police officers in the past funding uh, to Minnesota. St. Paul just got a major grant for more police officers. Um, and I think that's the first answer and getting good leadership in place. We're gonna get a new police chief in Minneapolis, uh, as you know. My part of that, of course, uh, was getting Andy Ludiger as the US attorney, um, one of the candidates we recommended to the president. And I was there when he got sworn in as the US attorney. In his speech, usually it's this thanks to my family speech. Yeah. Instead, his speech was all about going after carjacking going after violent crime, uh, which I thought really kind of set the tone for some of the things that we need to do. I've always believed in uh, the mission of a prosecutor should be to convict the guilty and protect the innocent. So on the innocent side is protecting victims of crime, yes. Uh, but it is also making sure, as you just said, that we have accountability in place. So when we look at reforms, things like we have been doing body cameras, videotaping interrogation, something we've been doing forever in Minnesota, but I think is really important, something I advocated for. Um, uh, making sure that we don't have practices uh, that have proven uh, to be dangerous police practices, like chokeholds um, and a number of other things with warrants and making sure we've got post-conviction review boards so that prosecutors can look back at convictions if they have new evidence or something new comes out so they can look back um, at because you've got to understand this system. Things can go wrong in the system. No one knows that better uh, than the city of Minneapolis uh, with the horrific murder of George Floyd and the subsequent uh, prosecution of Derek Chauvin and the other officers. So I just think you need to have that balance. You've got to make sure we are prosecuting the guilty and that we have the police that we need to protect our community. That's why I was against the defund the police measure that was on the ballot uh, in Minneapolis. But you also have to acknowledge that we need accountability. Um, and so that's been my focus. That's what I have done um, in the Senate. And I will continue uh, to pursue policies that I believe will make our community safer and also be fair to the people in our community. Senator Klobuchar, I hope that cold uh, leaves you soon because I know you have a busy couple of weeks. So All thank right. you. Well, thank you very much. When we come back, we're going to talk about the national scene with others around the roundtable. I'm Blaise Olson. You're listening to Sunday Take on News Talk 830 WCCO. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. I'm Tony Kornheiser. This is my show. My friends come on and you know them. We talk about the sports you care about, basketball now, golf, and the metronome of your life, baseball. 
Whether it's opening day, the big tournament, or one of the majors, we have the best to preview it and break down just what happened. And let's not forget the important stuff, the amount of daylight where I live, the importance of speedies, and the rankings of beach-style pizza. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Final segment on Sunday Take, as you uh, keep that coffee close, is Mary Hammer on this beautiful weekend. Uh, we are just over two weeks out. She had a great interview with Cedric Frazier, uh, state rep who would not be in Minnesota if not for the University of Minnesota Morris. And of course, there's we're in the peak debate season and the dynamics. So checking in with my longtime friend of a couple decades to see what she's seeing these last two weeks. Mary, thanks for joining me. You bet, boys. So let's just start because we started the week with... Um, Regent Sviggum's comments about the University of Minnesota Morris, and you ended the week with more about the University of Minnesota Morris with Representative Cedric Frazier, who went to Morris and wouldn't be in Minnesota if not for the University of Minnesota Morris, probably. Um, What did you learn? What were his perspectives? And what should people see when they go back and watch this segment? I think it's fascinating because the the second anyone at the Capitol met Cedric Frazier, I think they saw him as a rising star. He he's really talented young lawmaker. I've been saying, you know, he's got some of the same qualities that I saw in an early Tim Pulleni. You know, young lawyer yeah. who hits the ground running, just stands out right away. He had the hero pay bill. So he took on some very heavy lifting. He was working on police reform post George Floyd. So he really stood out. He's from a suburb. You know, that's really important for Democrats and Democrats future. He is a suburban lawmaker who's running unopposed right now. In first Christmas. term. First term running unopposed and really on the short list. If Democrats can hold on to the House chamber on the short list for majority leader. He's out there door knocking. He's helping candidates. So he's an important figure, and I think both of us had interviewed him early on in his career and remembered his personal story that he grew up in Chicago. And he always said, you know, I grew up around people 90% who look like me. He is a black man. He came to Morris, Minnesota to play football and run track. And he said it was completely transformational for his life. The diversity and the quality of the education that he experienced there, absolutely life-changing. And he stood in front of the House chamber with me this week and said, I would not be here in the Minnesota legislature as a lawmaker if it weren't for Morris. It was that life-changing for him. And what he shared was the duality of the diversity there. He said, you know, not only did he learned how to navigate in white spaces and and he was able to kind of move his career in a different direction, but his white fellow students learned from him. And he talked about the the duality of that richness of diversity, how they all learned from each other and made lifelong friends and how it really enhanced the rest of his career and his fellow students. You know, it's really interesting that you say it that way, because I can even reflect back on my own college experience and know that you know, the white boy from Shoreview who went to Oshkosh met African-Americans from Chicago in a different way than I'd ever met. And um, and so you're right, that duality of diversity. Did he have any more insights on kind of where Morris is at and what what might be some of the underlying issues with enrollment or anything like that? 
You know, we didn't address that specifically. I think what's interesting and very important to talk about is the Native enrollment, Native Mm -hmm. American enrollment there. And that's a huge, painful past and a major part of the story. And various American Indian groups are calling for Swiggum's removal and just that it showed great ignorance of the past and the history there. And that that's a big part of the population. But, you know, the two of us, role in athletic circles. So we definitely know, I mean, I lived in the football dorm when I went to the university of Minnesota, met a lot of different diverse guys from around the country and learned so much about all the different aspects of the United States and how divided we are and all the things that can bring us together too. So I think lots of folks are learning about the layers there. And the hard part for Swiggum is his backstory. He's a former house speaker. He's a former Senate communications director. I believe he even taught at the University of Mm -hmm. Minnesota for a while, Twin Cities campus. So I think folks were just really surprised in light of his resume that he didn't understand or really appreciate the, the backstory in Morris. No. And I'll just tie it up with this point and then we can move on to the election. But, um, and now the dynamics of the regents are you have your first native regent and Tad Johnson on the board of regents and obviously going to take a very um, invested role in Morris and the tie to uh, Minnesota's indigenous uh, students uh, that go there. So we'll, we'll, that one's not done and we'll keep watching it. Yeah. All right, Mayor, we're two weeks plus out. We're not doing predictions because you and I don't do that, but sure. What's your sense when you talk to folks in the campaigns, when you talk to folks in the legislative operations, what's your sense of the moods of both Democrats and Republicans right now? Absolutely. You know, two things that that I did put in my story on Almanac this week that stood out to me was House Minority Minority Leader Kurt Doubt, who started out the campaign season thinking Republicans were looking good in the midterms and then abortion rose up and the lead evaporated. And what he said this week, he said the last two weeks, things are trending our direction and he's feeling really good about Republicans and Republican control of the legislature. And then the other person that really stood out to me this week on the other side, Democratic Party Chair, DFL Party Chair Ken Martin, and particularly all the constitutional offices. We can't say out loud what a big deal it is that Democrats have run the table and dominated and held every statewide office in Minnesota for some time now. We're talking, you know, decades. 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 And that is very likely to change. The the polls are showing one or two, maybe three, but definitely one or two races could flip. We could see Republicans in some statewide office. That's huge. But the other thing Democrats have is a huge cash advantage. And, you know, we know those numbers are enormous, big, big discrepancy in the ability to spend. And what Ken Martin from the DFL said, he said in a jump ball and, you know, Ken used to coach basketball yeah. <laughs> we always come back to sports. Yeah, I used to see him in the basketball world all the time, too, when I coached and played. And his analogy was, in a jump ball, Democrats win because we have the cash advantage and because they have the the ground game advantage. So that was his take, that we definitely have the advantage. Now, party chair David Hans said, you know, Democrats aren't debating. Republicans are debating. And in my piece this week, I analyzed the fact that Republicans may not have the money, but they're using free media Mm-hmm. Like Democrats are not. I, we have weekly press conferences from the Republican state auditor candidate. Right. That never happened before in the uh, quarter century I've been covering Minnesota politics. 
No, I think speaking of you talked about Cedric Frazier as a rising star. If Ryan Wilson wins that auditor's race, he's immediately a rising star because you can just tell that he likes running. Um, and he, you know, he's treating his auditor's race almost like a governor's race with news releases and spending his own money. But we can talk about that later. Let's go back to the to the jump ball uh, metaphor. I agree. So, I, you know, I played a little basketball, but, you know, not as much. I mean, how how does somebody lose a jump ball when they have that much of an advantage? Is it that somebody just gets out there early? They get a little surprised because that's my sense. And I've said this to everybody I've talked to this week is, look, if Republicans win statewide office, it's not going to be by huge margins. It's going to be by a sliver just because of the base of Minnesota, the operations, those things we just talked about. But but you never know. And we cannot forget Minnesotans split tickets. Um, we elected Amy Klobuchar and Tim Pawlenty on the same day. We have elected Arnie Carlson and Paul Wellstone on the same day. And that's the core populism. And so that's where I think Ken and, and some other kind of top level Democratic strategists I've talked to are, they're really bullish, especially on the attorney general's race. But when you say like, <clears throat> you have to have some reality, they just keep coming back to, we can't afford to, we cannot afford to think that we're going to lose one of these races right now, two weeks out. Yeah, absolutely. And I have seen constitutional officers running differently. Like you say, we, we have not seen this before. Ryan Wilson on the Republican side, you know, is out door knocking. It's a statewide constitutional yeah. office. He's door knocking. He is friendly with the press and working the press. And, you know, some inside baseball stuff after a press conference, he'll walk over and say, hey, when is it too late for us to send you a press release? Is like yeah. after 6 p.m., after 10 p.m. a problem? Like, oh, wow, that's that's showing a lot of savvy, a lot of engagement. So Republicans are leaning into trying to get press, the feeding our future story. You know, the press generated a lot of the yep. coverage on that. Republicans jumped on it. So in Minnesota, I do think we're standing out a little uniquely in that Republicans want to debate with the press. They want to do press conference with the press. They need us. But again, part of the reason they need us is that huge cash advantage. We just don't know how it's going to play out because of the midterms and because of the national wins. Minnesota used to, when we were young, we would defy national trends when we did yep. things like elect third party governor Jesse Ventura. But I think we've both seen over the years and over the decades, us follow more of the national trends and less of that unique Minnesota populism coming through in major races. So it, I think it depends where the national scene is and if the economy and inflation and crime are driving things more than women's issues and choice and abortion. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Let's we'll just end kind of on the governor's race, you know, polls out this week from MinPost and the Republican aligned Trafalgar showed, you know, obviously the governor's race is tightening. We expected that to happen. But the issue matrix is inflation in the economy, number one. But MinPost did something really interesting where they said, pick your top four issues. And if you pick your top four issues, then more people put abortion rights in those top four than if you have to pick one issue. If it goes one issue, it usually goes the economy, crime, abortion. Um, and so, I mean, I think that that crime versus abortion uh, decision on voting if you you know think that a woman's right to choose, so therefore you're going to vote for Walls, and you think we need to do something about crime, therefore you're going to vote for Jensen. 
I think that comes down to women in the suburbs, Mary. And I got to tell you that I think them and their significant others or husbands are going to feel a lot of pressure at the top of the ticket on abortion. And then that gives them kind of permission to, to split their tickets later down the road. But my real question is, Governor Walls has a kind of a sparse public schedule. His campaign is not putting out any schedules. He's essentially only talking to his friends, Education Minnesota this week. He goes to some union stuff. He goes to a lot of small fundraisers. I don't remember a, a governor who's this good at retail avoiding retail politics a month before the election. Yeah, I think all observers are completely confused and confounded by the campaign that Governor Walls is running. We get it that incumbents run very differently than the first time around. But, you know, we we have analogies. Uh, Governor Dayton, he debated. He was out Mm -hmm. there second term. Governor Tim Pawlenty, he debated. He was out there his second term. You know, we Almanac has had the last televised debate statewide TV for almost 40 years. Governor Walls will be the first governor in 40 years of Minnesota history not to do the final Friday statewide televised debate. We were really surprised by that. By the way, you know, they're listening. We still have room on that final show. And right now, Scott (laughs) Jensen's going on. (laughs) Well, just so you know, we will will clear uh, Sunday Take next weekend, too. And we'd give you guys TV rights overnight, (laughs) Mary. No problem at all. It'd be fine. You know, there were some issues with the only televised debate even being able to stream. You know, there's only been one down in Rochester and the stream didn't work and it wasn't broadcast in the Twin Cities. And as of that evening, only 6,000 people had seen the YouTube stream. But we 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 go backwards. Uh, All right, Mary, what are you watching for these last couple of weeks uh, just in general? What are the little things that listeners who don't live, eat and breathe this stuff like you and I, what, what should they watch for? I think motivation, and again, motivation in the suburbs. The the demographics of Minnesota are the suburbs and exurbs. We've seen a lot of growth, you know, right outside the first and second ring, a little further out. So suburbs and exurbs, how motivated folks are. And again, I think you're right, those two big issues, crime, abortion, and then inflation, because I think inflation's hitting as the last minute issue and how much people vote with their pocketbook and how much any, you know, lawmaker, statewide officer can really do about inflation and the economy. Exactly. Marilyn Hammer, thanks for joining me on Sunday Tech. Yeah. All week, I'll be on with Vanita at 620 in the morning. Tune in. You can always sign up for the Morning Take, our daily political newsletter at fluence-newsletters.com or search Morning Take on Twitter or Facebook to get it every day. I'm Blaise Olson. Until next week, that's Sunday Take. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to level up your financial game? Let NerdWallet guide you with smart strategies for lasting success. Get savvy tax planning pointers to maximize your savings, money-saving travel tips for your next family getaway, and investing insights like how a 529 plan can help you send your kids to college. Unlock the key to saving to help you earn more money. 
Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you in 2024. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places.